0: This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Crosshairs by Patricia Bradley. When evil just won't quit, good must prevail. Investigative Services Branch Ranger Ainsley Beaumont wishes the visit to her hometown of Natchez, Mississippi was under better circumstances. When she arrived to investigate the murder of a pregnant teenager, she never imagined that she would become the killer's next target or that she'd have to work alongside an old flame. After he almost killed a child, former FBI sniper Lincoln Steele couldn't bring himself to fire a gun, which had deadly consequences for his best friend. Crushed beneath a load of guilt, Link is working at Melrose Estate as an interpretive ranger. But as danger closes in on Ainsley during her murder investigation, Link will have to find the courage to protect her. The only question is, will it be too little, too late? Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 114, and we are recording on Monday, November 1st. I'm Katie McLean Horner along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra, how are you? Hello,
1: I am reporting live from a corner of my house because childcare has fallen through. So I'm okay hanging in there. <laughs> how about you?
0: Well, it's a Monday. I mean, we haven't recorded on Mondays recently, so, but yeah, today, today is definitely a Monday. Just one of those, like, woke up late, spilling everything on yourself kind of Mondays. At work, having to remind people to put on their, their masks again, cause it's required in Illinois still, and it's just a Monday. Monday, 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 I don't agree with them. It is a major design flaw.
1: (laughs) I agree. Usually I brave through Mondays, but it was rainy over here, which if you're in California, you you wish for rain. But whenever it happens, it takes you by surprise. You're like, what? And (laughs) everyone just, people already have a tough time driving. And then when rain happens, everything is... dreary, messy. So it's been an extra one of those Mondays.
0: Yeah, we didn't have any rain today, thankfully. Um, we, had, we had some rain last week and it just, it's like everything was was just so dark and it just made getting up and going to work so difficult. And so today it was sunny, which was great, except this is the first day where temperatures were below 40. And so now we're like, oh, Okay, fall's here.
1: Oh, it's one of those sunny days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're, it's like, we have we have been spoiled for far too long with this warm weather, even after when it started getting cooler over the last couple of weeks, it was still in the 50s. Like, you could wear a sweatshirt outside and, you know, not have to put on a jacket. But yeah, I checked the weather this morning, I went, oh, time to bust out the heavy pea coat. (laughs) So yeah, and I'm really not a fan of cold weather at all. And so putting my jacket on today, I was feeling a little mumbly. <laughs>
1: uh, well, now that you've caught up with the weather, let's talk about <laughs> books. Uh, so much better. <laughs> what have you been reading or what have you recently finished?
0: Well, I haven't recently finished anything, so <laughs> I'll get that out of the way. But... I did find an audiobook that I've been able to, A, not only stick with, but B, actively enjoy turning back on when I get in the car after work. And this is a book that... I actually heard about a few years ago from Rinsey who was talking about it on the podcast. It's called Two Girls Down by Louisa Luna. And I think I may have mentioned it at some point. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to start reading this. And then never got around to it. So I'm probably, a, I'm over half the way through the audiobook. And I am just loving it. It's a private investigator mystery. It's the first in the Alice Vegas series. If you want a mystery with a really, really strong Take No Prisoners female main character. Holy cow, this book is it. Alice Vega is just, she doesn't take nonsense from anyone. And the book centers around a couple of young missing girls. It It is darker in tone. There, there's some dark stuff going, going on there. But the investigation is really interesting. And the former police officer that Alice Vega teams up with in order to try to find the missing girls. His name is Max Kaplan. And they just have such an interesting character dynamic. And Max Kaplan, I remember Renzi talking about his character, and just saying like, he has such like, such a, such a dad energy about him. And the way he, you know, he's really competent, but he also just fathers everyone. Like, you know, how some some women just kind of like mother everyone around him. He fathers everyone in like a very loving, caring, and slightly dorky way. And I just really love the characters. And the audiobook is really good. And it's not super breakneck pacing, but I am really enjoying it. And I'm glad that I have found an audiobook that'll keep me hooked for a while. Because again, I've just been going through a drought um so again mine is uh two girls down by louisa luna
1: i love that i especially love it when a mystery works on an audio format because that is it's rarer than it, it seems just because you know you have to get the basing right the, the the character story needs to be perfectly captured and i am also coincidentally in the middle of a great audiobook it is a good day for Chardonnay, which is the second book in the Sunshine Vikram series by Derinda Jones, and I did the first one on audio as well, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's a mix between Janet Ivanovich's One for the Money, Lisa Lutz's The Spellman Files, uh, and it's it's hilarious. It has this whole cast of characters small town quirky characters and then there's we have a protagonist she has this daughter there's a whole Gilmore Girls dynamic going on over there it's absolutely fantastic and yeah I am also like 20% 20 in for those of you who might not have heard me talk about this before so it's about Sunshine Vikram whose parents sort of mess with the election in a way that she ends up becoming the local sheriff of their small town and then she has found that ever since she's become sheriff no day has gone by where something wrong is not happening and now more shenanigan ensues in the second part and then there's also this backstory of something that she's working through of this drama that she has been working through for her life and you get to know more of her story so there are like a couple of mysteries going on, but it's also funny, but the perfect kind of funny. It's not funny just for the sake of, you know. Some books sometimes it just feels like the punchlines just keep on coming and they never stop. It's very well balanced. So mine is a good day for Chardonnay. That's the second part in the Sunshine Vikram series by Derenda Jones.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the vibe I'm having right now. I just need just need kind of that good mix of humor and mystery and all that fun stuff in there all right so uh you want to give us our
1: uh first sponsor and then we'll we'll jump into business absolutely so this episode of red or dead is sponsored in part by best in snow by david rosenfeld get in the holiday spirit with the next christmas mystery in david rosenfeld's best-selling andy carpenter series best in snow Lawyer Andy Carpenter and his golden retriever, Tara, are on the beat after a body turns up in the snow and a journalist is nowhere to be found. The murder victim is a crooked businessman, Thomas Lansing, and the prime suspect, a young reporter who published an expose, isn't answering his phone. Andy agrees to take the case, though it's not looking good this holiday season. The snow is piling up along with the evidence. Beloved narrator Grover Gardner will return to his role as Andy Carpenter and uh, deliver a performance that Audiophile Magazine has described as what good audiobooks are all about. We thank Best in Snow by David Rosenfeld for sponsoring this show. Well, just continuing the theme with good audiobooks here. I love it. (laughs) Alright,
0: so if you are a new listener, welcome. We are delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are also delighted to have you along with us. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, we talk about mysteries and thrillers and suspense and true crime and just about everything that falls under that big mystery umbrella, whether it's movie adaptations or subgenres that we haven't really explored or author read-alikes or major things happening happening in the news or just anything along those lines. If it pertains to mysteries and suspense, we're probably going to talk about it at some point. And this is the part in every episode where we put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they really have helped us plan so many of our previous episodes over the years. It's a really great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. It's just a win-win situation all around. So if you have any ideas or recommendations, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about getting it all down now. We always just put the call out ahead of time, get those juices flowing while you're listening to the episode. And even if you don't have an idea, you just want to say hi. We love hearing from our listeners. And if you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join us and listen in every two weeks as we talk about mysterious and suspenseful things. And usually this is where we jump into the news Segment, but there's not really much happening over the last couple of weeks. So, for this episode, we are going to talk about crime novels by Native American authors because November is Native American Heritage Month. And this is something that we've done on the podcast over the last few years. We talk about crime novels written by Native American authors during November as a way to really spotlight some of these titles. And this year, as, as usual, there aren't a ton of crime novels to choose from, unfortunately. Just, I think, really highlighting how, how few Native American authors are published in general, but also published in the mystery crime fiction world. You have a couple of authors that, that will pop up and I know we've talked about, for example, David heskawambly Wyden who we've we've talked about his book Winter Counts so many times over the last year year and a half or so. But yeah, it's, it's it just every year just kind of emphasizes just what slim pickings we really have. Nezra, did you did you have an easy time finding your books or did you or did you kind of experience the same thing I did where it's really hard to find books specifically by native authors.
1: So uh, I was in the same boat. So I had a little bit of different expectations this year, especially because of how much literary attention Winter Counts as a title had. And, you know, Marcy Rendon's book, first book turned into a whole series. So I was expecting more out there to be more, you know, exploration into uh, more works by Native American authors around different, not just crime, but different genres, but it was slim (laughs) pickets. So our sort of intent with recording this episode is to rectify some of that where we hopefully present you, you know, with works that open up that sphere for you if you haven't tried any works by Native American authors, but I feel like they have something very important to contribute and the works that are getting the attention out there are very rightfully so, and uh, they're just telling a different part of the story, right? Like they're reshaping the narrative where the narrative has always been controlled by by voices that are do not belong to Native Americans. So they're sort of taking back that narrative digging back their story and it just needs to happen in a larger scale it just, and more people do you know talk about it talk about their books and they just deserve more spotlight than they are given so here's us trying to hopefully rectify some of that
0: all right well I will uh I'm gonna ask you to talk about your first book because I am I am definitely familiar with this author but not this particular book so I'm excited to hear about it yes
1: so my first book is all the Beautiful Sinners by Stephen Graham Jones, and who is widely known for his horror works, but I feel like his works are always something that dabble the line between horror, suspense, and this pick in particular is more focused on the mystery and suspense element of it, rather than being on the horror end. Um, it is set in Nazareth in Texas, and it focuses on Deputy Sheriff Jim Doe, who finds himself... Um, in the middle of a manhunt after the town's sheriff is gunned down. But what Sheriff Doe does not know is that the man that he is chasing has ties to Doe's sister's disappearance long ago. And as the case unravels more and more, he realizes that, you know, him going after that person who gunned down the sheriff is not a coincidence, but it's actually trail that's almost being laid out for him. And then on top of that... The Sheriff Doe himself keeps getting confused for the man who actually committed the crime so there are if you' if you're ever if you've ever read a Stephen Graham Jones novel before uh, you're familiar you'll be familiar with how his work how his story always progresses at a leisurely pace but at the same time it does not it always has this overwhelming tension, like every sentence is laced with the sense of, you know, tension with the sense of commentary on how things really are. It's always a double edged sort of narrative. And this is no different. It's on the top. It seems like, you know, there's a deputy, he's after someone he's, you know, it's a manhunt. but there's so much explored in here about the tensions within the legal system about how deputy Do, who is a, who is a member Um, of the Blackfeet Nation himself, you know, he's in this position of delivering justice, but how he himself is not trusted by the law. So, I mean, that is one of the reasons I was talking about how this, you know, how it's important to spotlight the works of Native American authors because they're, like, they're just telling their own story. And this is a similar one where you get to see uh, Stephen Graham Jones as a Native American himself, and you get to see how, you know, how their perception of the justice system has been established and how much the idea of, you know, having to seek out justice yourself has become a very inherent part of Native American identity because they don't get that from the institutions that are already in place. So that tension is very well explored here. And at the same time, it's also a fantastic, you know, like cat and mouse game where deputy doe is chasing this person and at the same time he's sus- he becomes he finds himself becoming the suspect there's past trauma there's past missing family members it, like there's this hunt for answers the search for identity all the good stuff so um if you are looking for you know you're looking for a slow burn but at the same time a read you know that was that just flows then uh, this should definitely be it. It is a junkster. It is 486 pages, but you're in very good hands with Stephen Graham Jones. So that's All the Beautiful Sinners by Stephen Graham Jones.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. So before I jump into my first pick, I wanted to mention that actually, indirectly, David wide wyden uh, helped me pick both of my titles that I was going to talk about today. Last about... A little over a year ago, he wrote uh, an article about seven essential Native American crime novels, and all of these books are specifically written by Native authors, which is really important because a lot of the lists that pop up when you do a search for Native American crime novels, they only feature Native American characters where the authors themselves are not necessarily Native American, and while that may not necessarily be bad in and of itself... I think it's really important, especially for for things like if we're recognizing Native American Heritage Month, that we're picking the stories that Native authors are telling themselves. So I picked both of my books from this list. Both of these are older titles. They may be a little bit difficult to get. One of these I had to get through interlibrary loan, and there were only like a couple libraries in the state that had it. So the first book that I want to talk about is called Evil Dead Center* by Carol LeFevre. And this is the second book in the series. But I can tell you that not having read the first book, you don't need to have read the first book in order to figure out what's going on. They are standalone mysteries and any kind of backstory that you get for the characters is explained throughout the story. So you're able to pick up where everything's going. So... With this book, before I jump in, there is a trigger warning for sexual abuse and child abuse with this book. It is not an easy crime that is at the center of this story. But the story starts with our main character, whose name is Renee LaRoche, and she is asked by an old friend and a former girlfriend To look into the death of a Native American woman who is found just on the edge of the reservation, it's been written off as a woman with a drinking problem who either was trying to die by suicide or an unfortunate accident, but not really worthy of investigation. But Renee's friend believes that there is something else going on and thinks that that this woman may have been murdered. And as Renee looks into the, this woman's death, she starts finding evidence that there is a child pornography ring happening with foster children from their reservation who have been placed in white foster homes. Again, like I said, a very, very dark mystery at the, at the center of this story. And what with this book is not only is this sub that subject you know just on the surface is troubling enough as it is, but there are layers to this to this mystery as well. There's the issue of the death of a native woman not being taken seriously by local police it's just kind of written off as eh, you know, another you know a, a woman with a drinking problem there's nothing that we that we need to investigate here there are issues with native children being put in white foster homes which is not supposed to be happening but is happening anyway There are issues with jurisdiction and who is responsible for investigating these crimes. Is it local police? Is it reservation police? Is it the FBI? And there are lots of issues with that in terms of jurisdiction and letting, you know, one group investigate over another. And there are all kinds of corruptions at the heart of that. So already we've got a lot happening here. And what I'm finding, what I found so interesting about this book is that you also have layers with the side characters as well. And with this book, Renee is a lesbian. She is in a relationship with another woman, a white woman. So there are elements of not a cultural conflict, but that, that difference between two two cultures coming coming together in this relationship. There are lots of layers and conflicts and just other issues at play as well. It's just, there's just so much happening. And this book is like under 250 pages. It is so slim. So there is a lot happening in a very little amount of space. It's definitely more of what, despite the the dark, intense subject matter that's at the heart of the story, it's definitely a more leisurely paced book. But that's because there's so much description of everything else that's happening around Renee in her personal life and whatnot. And it just brings so much depth to this story. And it's just such an interesting read. And again, that is Evil Dead Center by Carol LaFavre.
1: Oh, that sounds intense. But it is also, uh, it also reminds me of not reminds me, it is reminiscent of my next pick, because in my next pick, the crime at the center of the book is also pretty, you know, it's pretty heinous. So a huge trigger warning there. My next pick is The Roundhouse by Louis Erdrich. And uh, Louis Erdrich is primarily a historical fiction author, uh, but there's not much that she cannot do. Her works explore the Native American identity Through, you know, through her very expansive stories. But the way I think of it is her works make, you know, make their history, make their culture, make their stories so approachable and just, you know, those authors who just have this ability to invoke empathy in you. She is one of those authors in my head whenever I read. I read uh, multiple of her works, I read her nonfiction works, and she just connects, you know, the story of Native Americans to in a way that it sort of keeps its identity, but at the same time, it becomes the voice of just, you know, people trying to just establish, like just establish themselves, you know, and we're trying to get, like see justice, get what is rightfully theirs. So, uh, she, her voice, her works are always laced with that. But at the, the one that I have, the roundhouse at the center of it is trigger warnings. There, is, uh, trigger warnings for rape, uh, it, it, at the center of the story is the story of a boy. It's told from a perspective of a thirteen-year-old boy, whose mother is assaulted, who's raped, and the person who has committed the crime is a white man. And so, it's it's very hard to read this because you know the thirteen-year-old boy is he is so he is watching his mother, you know, trying to move. Past this, But at the same time, it's it's just it's very heartbreaking. And at the same time, he's also seeing the justice system fail him because uh, the police, they capture the white man, but they let him go because of how because of the way that the law is shaped that uh, the white man cannot be captured on the on, the, you know, on the reservation, if, if it's on the land of the reservation that they are on. And it's uh, and you sort of see his journey as he's uh, as he is trying to make sense of this, and how he decides to you know seek justice on his own. And if you've been uh, listening to this podcast for a while, I you'll know that I books that are slow burns that ex- there are more than just the crime are a hundred percent my jam, and this book. It so beautifully captures that because at the uh, at the essence of it, you also get you know you also get the sense of community, the, the traditions that Native Americans have, especially their powwows and how they help each other out, the struggles that they have, you know, and the whole concept of just how they feel and how they have to reconcile their identities on a on a daily basis. It's it's very well explored here, and at the same time, again, it's. Heartbreaking, but at the same time, the flaws of the legal system, of the uh, institutions that are there to protect them, is very stark in here. So, um, and then of course, there's the proceedings of the crime. It's proceedings of the crime, the investigation, and and then how our narrator sort of takes things into his own hands, and and what does, what that does for his fate, right? Like what that does for his identity. It's all explored here and it's so so wonderfully done that it's definitely a book that needs, you know, that needs a shout out. If you can you could you can read through the uh, trigger warning stick because it is uh, it does get intense in parts. I had a rough time reading through it, but it it, it was it's an important story, I would say, and it's also a very, very well done. It's at around 323 pages, and if you've ever read Lewis Erdrich, Erdrich's works before, her words, each of her sentences are laced with meaning in a way that it never gets too much, but also the same way that you cannot sort of tune her out. You can't mindlessly read three sentences and still be, you know, like each sentence has importance. So um, that is The Roundhouse by Louise Erdrich.
0: Yeah, I read that book. Um, it's, it's been a it's been a while, um, but hearing you talk about it is bringing back a lot of the things that I remembered about about that book. It's a really good pick. And then before I jump into my second pick, I have our second sponsor for the episode, and that is Flatiron Books, publisher of Sleepless by Romy Hausman. Would you help your best friend hide a body? course you would. (laughs) Nadia is mostly content with her simple life, a decent job, and one real friend named Laura. And lately, Laura has been distant, but suddenly she shows up and tells Nadia she killed someone. She's afraid to tell her husband and she needs help to hide the evidence. The two women set out to bury the body, but their plan quickly falls apart. So again, would you help your best friend hide a body? This book is on sale now wherever books are sold, and we thank Flatiron Books and Sleepless by Romy Hausman for sponsoring this episode. And as I read that pitch, I had one friend that immediately came to mind (laughs) as the friend I would ask if I needed to help bury a body. It's the friend that my husband has pointed to and said, you two are going to end up hiding a body one day, aren't you? And I was like, don't even worry about it don't need
1: to hear it. You don't need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the less
0: people know, the better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's why he's like, hmm. he's like, I worry about you too sometimes. I'm like, yeah, so do I. That's all right. All right. Back to the topic at hand. So my second book that I picked is called Mean Spirit by Linda Hogan. And this book was actually a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1991, which to me says like, ah, that was like 15 years ago, because in my head, time is off. But anyway, so that was actually 30 years ago. But yeah, this book is really interesting. Now, I will give a caveat that I was not able to get very far into the book. I was able to get a few chapters in, but obviously life gets in the way. So I am only talking about the the first portion of the book that I was able to read. I What I think is going to make this book really attractive for modern readers is if you read the book Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran, and that came out A few years ago was really popular a lot of people read it this book is a fictionalized account of those murders that happened in the 1920s and that was one of the interesting hooks for me because i have read killers of the flower moon i thought it was a really interesting and just devastating and yet not surprising story if you haven't read Killers of the Flower Moon, it talks about the Osage Indian murders, which happened between the 1910s and the 1930s. And it refers to a, an increasing number of unsolved murders, many of which happened between like 1921 and 1926. And this happened because there at the time there were lots of osage native americans that were extremely wealthy because oil was discovered on their tribal land and a lot of them had head rights that earned them a lot of royalties and they were able to build houses they had really nice cars like they were the like i think I can't remember the exact statistics, but at the time, I think they were pretty much like that area had, they, they were the wealthiest people like per capita in the United States at that time. So there was a lot of value on these lands. So unfortunately, there's over 60 Native Americans were reported killed during that time span. And many of their murders were never officially solved and that was because white men were coming in and murdering them trying to make it look like accidents or suicide but basically so that they could that they could get the rights to that that those valuable tracts of land and it this was something that eventually led to the creation of the FBI like this was a big thing that was happening this book tells that story. It, it doesn't tell spe- specifically of the people that were that were murdered in reality. It uses fictionalized characters for that, but it's the same story. And in that sense, it's mo- almost more literary or historical fiction rather than an outright mystery. But because there are murders happening, you know, it, it qualifies for for this discussion what i really enjoyed about this book again from the portion that i was able to read was the language used was just so beautifully written it was it's both straightforward and lyrical it's an again it's a story where there is, there are so many layers to everything that is happening you have the murders of the of these people at the center of the book but the the real focus of the book and the details are on the other people in their lives and their traditions and how they how some of them honor the old traditions and other and some of these other people are drawn to more urban city life and the, again there's this struggle between old and new ways and also just the description of the landscape and the land, and just how all of the characters interact with the land on a larger scale and their relationship to it. It's just really, really beautifully written. And one other thing about this book, again, it was published 30 years ago. If you look up this book, it you'll probably see the term magical realism attached to it, which mm, I have thoughts about attaching a term like magical realism to a native told story about their own traditions and religious beliefs and whatnot, it, it doesn't quite sit right with me. But that, that's just a quibble I have of how it was, I think, how it was marketed back then and how some people continue to talk about it now. At any rate, it's a really, really interesting historical mystery. It's a fictionalized account of something that actually happened in history. And if you've read Killers of the Flower Moon and really enjoyed it, I think you'll really want to pick this book up. Again, it's called
1: Mean Spirit by Linda Hogan. As you were speaking, I immediately added this because Killers of the Flower Moon was one of the first books that got me into the true crime genre where I genuinely became interested in, you know, reading nonfiction and true crime after that. So I immediately, I added it so fast to the list. So <laughs> I cannot wait to read this with you. And before, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to a, one more book that I have spoken about multiple times, so I don't want to take too much time talking about it. But it's Even As We Breathe by Annette Sanu Clapsaddle. And this is a book that I recommend to people left and right. Whenever someone asks me, we don't know what to read, but we want to read a mystery. This is the book I always recommend because it is so. It is a mystery, but it is also so many other things. It's like a historical fiction. It's a coming of age story. It's this like glimpse into found family, and it's just really quick. It's set. It's set in post-World War II in the hills of North Carolina. We have Kami Sequoia, who's our protagonist. He wants to move away from the reservation and sort of go build a life outside of the reservation, earn some money so that he can pursue, you know, higher education. And he goes off to this camp, which is basically where all the diplomats are housed and they're with their families. And he goes to work over there. We we see him, you know, building friendships and um, relationships with all the people there. But then the daughter of a diplomat goes missing and everyone is very quick to point out that, you know, it's like the county is the outsider and point fingers at him. So it becomes an exploration of, you know, what what happened, like what's going on, right? Because county obviously did not do it, but then who was up to frame him and who did do it. And then um, it's a whole exploration, but it's also very well done in the way that even if people who do not enjoy mysteries, I recommend this to them because it's such... It's such a masterful piece of work. And the other day, the place where I work, uh, there's a library across across the road, and one of the librarians had this title over there, and she was so excited to talk to me about it. I was like, "Yeah, I recommend this all the time." And she was, she told me that she'd specially ordered it, even though you know a lot of people were not checking it out, but she had made it a point to speak to patrons about it. That you know, this is this title. She was like, "I." You know, I almost had to fight to order this, but I want to make sure these voices are heard. And I definitely, I give a shout out to that librarian as well. But like, uh, this is a fact, and I could not let this episode go by without talking about this book. So that's Even As We Breathe by Annette Sonu Clapsaddle.
0: All right. So I unfortunately do not have a third bonus uh, title to talk about, but if any of you have any titles by Native American authors that you really enjoy that we haven't talked about on the show before that you think would be really interesting, let us know because, again, this is an area that we're always looking for new authors to talk about and new ways to, to talk about the genre. And my hope is that in coming years, it will be it will be easier to find to find different books to talk about. We won't have to dive so deep into the backlist that we're going, you know, 30 years back to find additional authors that we haven't already mentioned. But yeah, so if you have any suggestions, please do let us know. And with that, I guess let's let's hop into our new releases. So I guess I'll go first. Haha. Um, so my new release that I wanted to talk about is out on uh, November 2nd, and so by the time you're listening to this, you will be able to pick up a copy. And this is the much anticipated All Her Little Secrets by Wanda Morris. And I have just been hearing about this book everywhere. It's on every most anticipated list of any kind, whether it's mystery and suspense or just general picks coming out this fall or winter. And yeah, so this book follows Elise Littlejohn, who seemingly has it all. She has an Ivy League law degree, a well-paying job as a corporate attorney in Atlanta, great friends, a for-fun relationship with a very uh, rich, charming executive, who just happens to be her boss, who is white. But everything changes one January morning when Elise arrives in the executive suite and finds him dead with a gunshot to his head. And then she walks away like nothing has happened, because Elise has been keeping a cache of dark secrets, including a small town past and a kid brother who spent time on the other side of the law, and she cannot be thrust into the spotlight again. But instead of grieving this tragedy, people are gossiping, police are getting suspicious, and Elise, who is the company's only black attorney, is promoted to replace her boss. And while the opportunity seems like a dream come true, she just can't shake the feeling that something is off. When she uncovers the inevitable shady dealings happening inside the company, Elise is suddenly trapped in an impossible ethical and moral dilemma. And now her past and present lives collide and as she launches into a pulse-pounding race to protect the brother she tried to save years ago and stop a conspiracy far more sinister than she could have ever imagined. So this is like psychological suspense meets legal thriller, and I am so excited for this. And again, that is All Her Little Secrets by Wanda Morris, and that is out on November 2nd.
1: I will say this for this title, everyone on the Book Riot back channels is buzzing with this title. And I mean... Everyone's talking about it, and I have this title bookmarked for recommendations for reading it myself. Uh, it really sounds like the best of everything, basically. So can't dive into, th- can't wait to dive into that one. My next pick is uh, another exciting one. It's her name is Night by Yasmin Ango, and this is also out uh, on November second. So by the time you hear this, you'll uh, it'll already be ready for you to buy. This tells of Nina Knight, who was stolen from her Ghanaian village as a child, and she has plenty of motives to kill. Now, as an elite assassin for a powerful business syndicate called The Tribe, she gets plenty of chances. But while on an assignment in Miami, Nina ends up saving a life, not taking one. She emerges from the experience a changed woman, finally hopeful for a life beyond rage and revenge tasked with killing a man she's come to respect, Nina struggles to reconcile her loyalty to the tribe with her newfound purpose. Meanwhile, she learns a new tribe council member is the same man who raised her village, murdered her family, and sold her into captivity. Nina can't resist the temptation of vengeance, and she doesn't want to. Before she can reclaim her life, she must leverage everything she was and everything she is to take him down and end the cycle of bloodshed for good. Again, that's her name is Night by Yasmin Anko, and this just sounds amazing. Just like revenge, spies, assassins. Ugh, I'm here for it. Just in time with especially writing that James Bond new movie wave. This is the perfect you know to re- book to read right after. I can't wait for it.
0: vengeful female
1: characters oh my gosh love it love it love it your hair for it (laughs) yes All right. And that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zeng, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. We are also beginning a new uh, podcast on Book Riot called Adaptation Nation, where book writers will get together and talk about a book and its, you know, adaptation, whether it's upcoming or it has already come out. And I believe the first episode is upcoming and uh, the topic of discussion is the new Dune movie. So um, don't forget to tune into that if you want to send an email with feedback or show suggestions you can reach us at red or dead at otherwise you can find me on twitter at javed nasra that's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H.
0: and you can find me on twitter at kt underscore library lady and we'll talk to you next time